Whether packing for a destination vacation or planning a backyard staycation, Macy's has what you need. I'm going to throw out some brands for you here. Nina Parker, Vince Camuto, Dolce Vita, Levi's, Lacoste. I could go on. Shop summer's must-haves, summer dresses, match sets. I love a match set. Love a match set. Yeah, I know. Volume sleeve tops. What? Give it some volume. Espadrilles, wedges, straw, crafted bags, and so much more. Shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. If you love tequila cocktails, then check out the award-winning 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. It's a -a one-of-a-kind tequila that is infused with the juice of real fruit. So it's smooth, it's not sweet, it smells fresh and bright, and it tastes incredible. 21 Seeds makes the most delicious and easy margaritas and cocktails so you can focus on the fun, like game night with your besties. With 21 Seeds, you only need two or three ingredients to make your perfect cocktail. Try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Learn more at 21seeds.com. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds. Diageo, New York, New York. I'm Jenna Fisher. And I'm Angela Kinsey. We were on The Office together. And we're best friends. And now we're doing the Ultimate Office Rewatch podcast just for you. Each week, we will break down an episode of The Office and give exclusive behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were there can tell you. We're The Office Ladies. Angela just turned out the lights in the studio. Okay, here's the thing. There's a lot of buttons. This is what I want from a light switch. I want one button. There's four buttons over there, There's more than four. You guys, it is a complicated light switch. Thank you. But we like to listen to our theme song to get in the mood. Uh So we're listening to it with you. Uh Uh-huh. All during our theme song, Angela is pressing the buttons. The lights are going up. They're going down. They're fading in. There's track lighting. Then there's these other kind of lights. Ceiling lights. Ceiling lights. Then there's four lamps. We should turn some of the lamps on. That might help me. We need the light because our eyes are fading. (laughs) Because I can't see, guys. That's what's happening. But all right. We're here. The lights are on. And we are ready. We are ready for Lecture Circuit Part 1. Season 5, Episode 16, written by Mindy Kaling and directed by Ken Quapis. It's an official two-parter. It is, and I've got a whole fast fact about it. Oh, look how your face just lit up. You're so excited. I am. Here is your summary. Michael, accompanied by Pam, is embarking on a three-day lecture tour of the nearby Dunder Mifflin branches. I need to stop you one second. Yeah. Three days. Yeah. Three days, Pam is going to be on the road with Michael. And she's so cheery about it. At the beginning. (laughs) Well, you know, Michael's branch is outselling all the other branches. David Wallace is perplexed. What's that secret sauce? Please go to the other branches and tell them all about it. Yeah. Well, they're going to start in Utica. This is where they're going to run into Karen, and they are met with a surprise. Yeah. But back in Scranton... We reveal that Jim and Dwight are now the co-heads of the party planning committee. (laughs) And they forgot Kelly's birthday. And she is ticked off. Oh, that is an understatement. Meanwhile, Andy has a crush on one of Stanley's clients. Fast fact number one. Mm Mm-hmm. Lecture Circuit is a two-part episode. (gasps) It aired two different weeks, and this is our first episode to ever feature a to-be-continued. 
message, you know, at the end I of know. the episode. But Lecture Circuit was not written as two episodes. It was one script, like your regular 41 pages long. We shot it in five days. So why did they make it a two-parter, Jenna? I will tell you. I thought you might. I was trading emails with director Ken Quapis. He told me that when they went to assemble it in the editing room, there was so much good stuff. His director's cut was 35 minutes long. He showed it to Greg, and he said, Greg, I can't cut anymore. That's it. It's got to be 35 minutes, Greg. Yeah, make it supersized or something. Something. Greg said, I agree. We can't lose any of this. Let's turn it into two episodes. (gasps) And Ken said he was thrilled. That's amazing. That's how good it was. Yeah. Mindy and Ken turned in that good of an episode. Well, fast fact number two, when they broke up the episode into two episodes, they did actually need more storylines to fill out each half. So they knew that the lecture circuit story and the birthday party story would remain in both episodes, Mm -hmm. but it actually wasn't enough for two complete episodes. So they had to write two more stories. And what were those? I will tell you. For this episode, they added the storyline of Andy wanting to date Stanley's client, Julia. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense because in the original script, it's not in there at all. No. And then for the second half, which we will get to next week, they wrote a very interesting storyline for you and your cats. Oh, yeah. I have stories, guys. (laughs) So let's talk about this storyline with Stanley and his client, Julia, that they added. The reason that he doesn't meet with his client in the conference room Mm -hmm. is because the conference room was busy being a birthday party. Sure, it was being decorated. So they did all of that in the break room. And also, that way, they could insert it into the episode wherever they wanted, and it wouldn't affect any of the continuity of the other story. And they could shoot it later, because that's what we did. Yes. We shot these two additional storylines a full month later. hmm That was the crazy thing. For me, they were like, okay, you have a whole storyline. It's going to be in lecture circuit. We're shooting it in three weeks. Yeah. What? Because they had to write it. Yeah. Should we move on to fast fact number three? Well, you sound eager. I think we should. Well, it's a location breakdown. You love a location I breakdown. I really do. I know. I love knowing where... We made this stuff happen. Yeah. You want to be in the room where it happens. Hamilton. Hey. Room where it happens. I love that. Okay. I really love that song. I do too. Okay. We had a fan question from Joe S. Jenna, did you and Steve film your scenes in the car in a single day or multiple days? And where did you drive around to film the car scenes? I'll tell you. <laughs> We shot all of the driving scenes for both Lecture Circuit 1 and Lecture Circuit Part 2 on the same one day. Oh, wow. So you had a full day in the car. Yep, just driving around. Just driving around. It was Wednesday, November 5th. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Someone got the call sheet and That's looked someone. at it. And that someone is Jenna Fisher. Yes, thanks to James Carey. <sighs> so here's where we went. We made a loop of three streets in North Hollywood. Nordoff. Satakoy and Plummer. I recognize Satakoy. Yeah. That's also the street that Mm -hmm. our sound stages were on. That's the street we drove on every single day. To get to work. Yeah. 
I will tell you, I was not actually driving in these scenes. You weren't? No. You did some good fakey driving. Thank you so much. I was going to ask you if you drove at all. I did not. Oh. They had the car loaded onto a rig, and it was being pulled by a precision driver. Okay. I'm not much of a precision driver. I wouldn't describe myself that way at all. Precision is not the word I would think of to describe my driving. Jenna, I've ridden with you in a car. I know. Um, you know, you're a very safe driver. Mm-hmm. But you, um... <laughs> what are you going to say? <laughs> you, I don't know. It's like you grip the wheel with both hands. I do. I'm a 10 and 2. You're a 10 and 2. And then you just kind of, you look straight ahead. And sometimes I'm like, you know, you can go around them, Jenna. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lane that's empty right next to you. We've been behind Pokey Pokerson for like half an hour. Ten and two, turn a little bit and go around them. Can I say something right now? Mm -hmm. This driving does actually sound very precise. Okay, well. Maybe I am a precision driver and I don't know it. You're a slow precision driver. (laughs) You're not going to be taking any courses where you're like zipping around any cones. You'll get oh, I'm around. I'm sorry. Those. Are you doing cone courses in your free time? Yeah. Is that <laughs> your hobby? Do you not know this about me? I'm a freaking badass. <laughs> like I do. I actually, by the way, I did pull off the road. Like we did all that driving sequence. I was driving when Dwight runs me off the road. That was me. Oh yeah. What do you want? What do you want? I want my precision driving trophy. It's a little gold like street cone. All right. I'll find one for you, and I will get it for you. Okay. So anyway, you were not driving, but you shot all in one day. We shot it all in one day. And then the next day, we shot everything at the Utica branch. And we started with all of the interior scenes. And we shot at this building in Chatsworth, California. It was on Hordoff Street. And we started very early that day. We started at 5.30 in the morning. That was your call time? Yeah. Yeah. And the crew call was 6.30, and the shooting call was 6.45. What that means is that we had the goal of arriving at 5.30, rehearsing at 6.30, and we had to start shooting by 6.45 a.m. That's an early day. And we did it. All right. So before we go to break, lady, mm-hmm. I think we should give a little book update. <gasps> book update, Office BFFs. Office BFFs is the name of our book that we have been working on for... Oh, good Lord, three years. Longer than (laughs) I can imagine. Oh, my goodness. We've been sharing on our Instagram, like, our journey as we're writing this together. And guess what? Well, you might know if you follow us. We finished our manuscript. We turned in our manuscript. Someone throw some confetti. (laughs) Please. Your husband, Josh, did throw confetti when you told him that we had finished it. It was so sweet. But now we are in this really fun part where we are going through all of our photos. So many photos. And they're so good because, you guys, the reason we wanted to write this book in the first place was because we did this big clean-out of our garages and your shed and my my basement. Basically, it's everywhere we stash stuff. Yeah. And you know what we found out? What did we find? We're big stashers. (laughs) We did not need to find that out, lady. I think we knew that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But it's true. And we saved everything. 
every scrap of paper, every ticket stub. Ticket stub. Here's the other thing, too. Not only do we save everything, but like our family does. I have a whole envelope from my cousin Carol of all of Lily's clippings. Thank you, Carol. Well, all of this stuff is going in the book. I don't know that we can put all of it in the book. The book would <laughs> be like true. 800 pages. That's true. Some of this stuff is going in the book, but it's all really fun. And you guys, I just am so excited for you to, to get it and to hold it in your hands and to have it. Me too. I'm excited to go on our book tour. What? Lady, you know, when your book comes out, you go on a tour and you like sign it and you meet uh, people. We're going to get to go on like a lady's a road trip. A road trip. I hadn't even thought that far ahead. I'm sorry I'm yelling. I'm so excited. Okay, you know this has been something I've wanted for a long time, which is a BFF road trip. I know it's going to happen. Like a real deal road trip where we go to multiple cities. Well, it's happening. Get ready for it. Office BFFs with all our hoarded stuff and all of our great (laughs) stories. It's coming your way soon. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about going on tour. Well, there you go. There's our book update. Life update. Hit the road update. Look, I'm already excited. The book is not even done, and I'm, like, planning our road trip. (laughs) Oh, I have my places I like to stop and snack at. What are they? Where will I be snacking? I love a good, like, just greasy burger joint. For sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Also, I love the Frito chili chips, you know? Oh, and really? I know, You're going to eat I know. Frito everyone, chili every, chips Everyone says me? they stink up it's the so room. It's so stinky, lady. I know. I love them. Okay. They're one of my go-to road trip snacks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to go to break now, and I'm going to just try to convince Angela to eat regular Fritos. I love a regular Frito. Oh, especially with some queso. Oh, you know what I love a regular Frito with? What? A Frito chili pie. I'm so Like in the bag. Now. I know. All Give right, it we'll to me. We'll be back in a second. So this winter, we went on a little ski trip with another family, and we got an Airbnb, which was so wonderful, right? Because you can make your own breakfast in the morning. We could even go there for lunch to warm up. Listen, I always want a kitchen with kids. Yep. I don't want to call room service for some sliced apples. I want to have my groceries. I need a kitchen. Yes. Well, this is why doing the Airbnb thing was so perfect. Yep. Well, this family we were staying with told us that they listed their house on Airbnb back in California. Oh, that's so smart. I know a lot of people that do this. It's like, oh, we want to go to Disneyland. We can Airbnb our place and then use that money to go. It pays for your trip. Yep. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, we all carry around different stressors. Some are big, some are small. I know I keep mine kind of bottled up, and it can start to affect us. Well, therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. You can finally get a chance to talk about all those stressors. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OfficeLadies today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com 
slash officeladies. When you travel, do you ever think like, oh, no, I hope I locked up. Did I leave a window open? Things like that. Well, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe home security today. Simply Safe was named best home security system in 2024 by the US News and World Report, and Newsweek ranked it best customer service in home security. Well, you all have heard me talk about Simply Safe because it really is simple and it does make me feel safe. We went through the website and we picked exactly what we needed for our home. That's what I really like is you can customize what you need to fit your living space, you know? I love our Simply Safe. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/officeladies. That's simplysafe.com/officeladies. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We are back. We're in this episode now. Michael, you guys, oh my gosh, a phone guy came in to fix his phone and showed him the PA system. You can't show Michael Scott the office PA system. You definitely cannot. He is really goofing about now. Yeah, he pretends to be a plane captain, Mm -hmm. a ghost. Mm -hmm. He forgets the intercom is on while he's talking to his doctor about his mole. He calls Toby into the principal's office for wetting his bed. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should hear it. Can you play the clip? Yeah. This is your captain speaking. The office will be flying at an altitude of two stories. Look out your left-hand window and you will see Vance Refrigeration. (laughs) I am the ghost of salesman past. Do not come near me. (laughs) Yes, Michael Scott for Dr. Johnson. Hello, doctor. I was just following up about my mole again. Now, I was looking online about sebaceous cysts. I have not been squeezing it. Could I stick it with a pin? Uh. Don't be blunders then to the principal's office. Your mother called, and it appears that you went to bed again. So you have to get home to wash your sheets because they're yellow and they're wet with your urine. My personal favorite part of that is the coughing. Yes. I loved listening to him cough. It reminded me of the tiramisu coughing fit that he had on the phone with David Wallace. Steve Krill is a master at fake laughing and fake coughing. Yeah. You believe it! We had a fan question from Virginia S. When Michael is on the PA system, were any of his announcements improvised or were they all in the script? For example, the announcement that Toby has wet his bed is hilarious. All right. They had several alts. And the one that was actually in the script for Toby read like this. Toby Flenderson to the principal's office, you are in trouble for sucking. That's pretty good. That's what was in the script. Well, I read the script while I watched this portion. And I would say that a lot of it was scripted, but Steve definitely did do improvisations off of what was written. And I'm sure Mindy was pitching things to him, too, on the day. Yes. But I noticed that the line about Ghost of Christmas Past, that was scripted, but the coughing bit was not in the script. Um, Really quickly, <clears throat> I feel like we need to point out something at 27 seconds. What's that? What's up with Angela's outfit? What is it? It is a poofy, floofy sweater. Oh, yeah. 
But it's like poofy, like at the shoulder. That was really in, and I feel like that's coming back. What? Like the poofy arms. Oh. We went through a real Shakespeare Renaissance fair thing back then. I'm not here for it. Mm, It's coming back, lady. Great. You know what I found in my closet? How do I describe this? I found uh, a ribbon on a hanger. Okay. And then clipped to the ribbon Uh were various flowers that I could put in my hair or on my lapel. You could adorn your outfit. Like one of the flowers was like a fabric flower Mm -hmm. that you would clip on your blazer. Oh, yeah. Was that in for a while? Why do I have seven flowers to clip to myself? I don't know. It feels very much like a pretty and pink, kind of like a... Yeah. Molly Ringwald put the flower on her hat. Yeah, it brought back no memories when I looked at it. Two of the flowers were like Hawaiian flowers. I clearly bought them to clip in my hair while on a trip to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. But the rest were more casual, Mm -hmm. more everyday. But I'm going to clip one on my blazer lapel when we do our book tour. (laughs) All right, I'm planting that seed now. I can't wait. It's going to make me real happy. What I won't have on our book tour is a poofy sleeve sweater because at my age, I don't need any extra poofs. You know what? I'm going to say you will wear that on our book tour. No, don't say that. Poofy poofy sweater thing and flower lapel. Who are we on this book tour? I don't know. We're interesting people. Well... We'll see. Not dressed well, but interesting. (laughs) All right, let's get started. This episode opens with Michael exiting a motel room. He knocks on the neighboring door and out comes Pam. Yes, and in the shooting draft of our script, it says Michael knocks on Pam's door. They say good morning. That's it. They don't even have dialogue written out for you guys. You just sort of greet each other. This is not in the script. When Michael knocks, says, hello, good morning. Pam says, good morning. And then Michael says, you ready? And we're off like a herd of turtles. (laughs) That is not in the script. (laughs) I think Steve improvised that. I will tell you, I absolutely loved doing this episode because I got Steve all to myself. I bet. Just scene after scene of me and Steve. And I loved it. Some of my favorite times in the office were when I just got to have days with Steve, me and Steve. I know. They were brief and few and far between because, you know, Angela Martin hated him. But those were always such a delight. Well, I love this scene of me putting the luggage into the back of the car. (laughs) I did too. I'm sorry. I thought I did. I'm going to toot my own horn. I thought my heavy luggage acting was superb. It was so great that I wrote a question for you. Here's my fan question. Okay. What was in the bag? It looked really heavy. There was almost nothing in that bag. (gasps) That was all me. Thank you. I mean, I couldn't be prouder of that. You know what? I want a cone award for my precision driving. I'm going to get you a little tiny suitcase. Thank you. That says great prop work. Prop work award. I don't know if you noticed, but we got a lot of mail about this car. Adele M. wrote in and said, whose maroon Ford is Pam driving? I thought she had a Yaris and Michael had a PT Cruiser. What is this car? Exactly. Is it a rental car? Listen to this. What? This is a gem from Randy Cordray. He said, in an early concept meeting for this episode, it was discussed that Michael would need extra trunk space for all of his props and his trunk and all that stuff, and that it just wouldn't fit in his PT Cruiser. So they said, 
that they thought it would be funny if Michael had to ask the company to provide him with a Lincoln Town car (laughs) that Pam would drive him around in. But corporate would only approve a cheaper Crown Victoria. So this was always intended to be like a scripted moment where we would explain this. But in the end, it never made the shooting draft. So it comes off a bit confusing, but this was like a whole joke. I love it because Michael thinks he's Carrot Top, right? (laughs) So he's got to have all of his props and his trunks of crazy gadgets and things. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't dress in a costume. I was too. But yet he gives Pam like some sass about her outfit and says, don't you know what a magician's (laughs) assistant looks like? Um, I Googled magician's assistant costume. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fishnet. There's some short shorts. There's a bustier. Mm -hmm. There's a top hat. Yeah. Sometimes a skirt. It's a very sexy looking outfit. Yeah. Well, Pam wore her tan cardigan. It's new. (laughs) I... I had such a hard time getting through that line because, of course, we knew that line was going to be in the script. So when we picked my outfit for this episode, we thought it was very funny that her new cardigan was like (laughs) beige. Was beige. (laughs) I have another amazing tidbit about this car before we get on the road. The toboggan? Yeah. That's on top of the car? All right. The reason that's there is because there was a scene That was written as a tag for this episode. And the scene was going to be Michael and Pam going down a snowy hill on that toboggan. Why didn't that happen? (laughs) I need to see that. Yes. Well, we'd have to go somewhere with snow. (laughs) Randy said they went out to scout a snowy mountain. And the photos that they came back with, it just didn't look great. There just wasn't a lot of snow happening at the time that we were shooting this episode. We couldn't go all the way to Mammoth, which is five hours away, right? We had to find some place that was relatively close, and there just was no snow, so we never shot it. But there were two options. One was that Michael was going to be going down the hill on the toboggan, and Pam was just going to be kind of like standing there. Hmm, right. And the other version is that Pam and Michael are sledding down together, but midway down the hill, Pam falls off and rolls to the bottom, and Michael says, again! (laughs) Well, maybe I'm glad you didn't have to do that, Jenna Fisher. No, I so wish I could have gone sledding with Steve. Uh, I so wish. That would have been a blast. Back at Dunder Mifflin, Kelly arrives to work, and she is really upset. Yeah. I would like to note at 4 minutes, 10 seconds, there is a big door slam. Guys, that front door did not slam. No. It did not. In fact, it had that little suspension thing, Mm -hmm. you know, that suspension bracket, so it just would shut like, so that was added in post. They had to make it a silent door because a lot of times people would have to enter And we'd be in the middle of a scene, and then you would have heard, ka-chunk. Right. So So it was a, does not slam. Right. But they needed to really sell how mad Kelly was. So they put it in. Fakey slam. Well, Mindy says, screw you, to Jim and Dwight. She storms off, and then Phyllis explains that Kelly is upset because they forgot her birthday yesterday. Yeah. We got a piece of mail. Okay. From Zoe S. Here's what Zoe has to say. In this episode, it's the day after Kelly's birthday. Jim and Dwight forgot. 
Phyllis knew it was Kelly's birthday yesterday. But Kelly says nobody wished her a happy birthday. Zoe would like to know, why didn't Phyllis wish Kelly a happy birthday if she knew? I mean, it's one thing that Phyllis wants to make Jim and Dwight look bad, but Phyllis showed some real sass to Kelly on her birthday. Thank you, Zoe. This is what Angela Martin had to deal with day in and day out. The secret Phyllis sass that people don't see. They just see, oh, nice, Phyllis. But there's a deep current of deep, dark, secret Phyllis sass. Mm-hmm. Passive-aggressive Phyllis sass. This leads us into a talking head that I know these two boys loved filming. Well, they couldn't get through it. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get through this whole episode I'm going to be bringing up some bloopers in a minute. It started with the side-by-side talking head. And if you read this talking head in the shooting draft, what made it to screen, you can see they were having some fun. Yeah. They had some improv around what was written. The very top, when Jim says, go ahead, and Dwight goes, no, you go ahead, you do it. And Jim goes, okay. And Dwight goes, I insist. That was all improvised. Mm -hmm. Then they get into the part, you know, where they're telling that Angela was blackmailed by Phyllis. That's all scripted. But then Dwight goes, what he said was, and he puts a finger towards Jim's face, and Jim pushes it away and goes, just easy. That's all improv, guys. That's just these two fellas having some fun. I think I could have told you all that because I know these two so well. Uh And I know the bits that they would do off camera. What about the one at the end? That was all improv, too. That whole, like, that's on my side. And then Jim's like, so this was fun. Yes. That's just them playing around. Yeah. That's their chemistry. Well, after that talking head, we have a Kelly talking head, where she explains that yesterday was her birthday, everybody forgot, we see that she got all dressed up, there wasn't a party. This one minute is full of some amazing background catches. Oh, let's hear them. The first one is a fan catch from Ryan W. When they show Kelly all dressed up for her birthday during her talking head, In the background on Dwight's desk, you can see his bobblehead from Angela. Ooh! It's back on the desk. I looked at it. Yes, at 5 minutes 10 seconds, bobblehead. But also, this is the one I noticed. Creed is milling around in Michael's office. What? Yeah. He's just milling around in there. What the heck? What's he doing in there? I don't know. I don't either. (laughs) Those are my background catches. Those are good catches. Jenna, we all know that Ryan had his list. Remember when he came back? Yes. He was mad at everyone. He kept writing down names. Uh Mm Mm-hmm. Did you know that Angela Martin also has her list? No. Mm Mm-hmm. She calls it her enemy list. (laughs) She's not subtle. And it all comes up in a scene that was deleted between Jim, Dwight, and Angela. She's turning over her party planning committee box of items. Okay. Here it is. I reprinted my vendor's list for parties. It's a list of birthdays, half birthdays, minutes from past parties, and an enemies list. You're going to need it. If there's some cat stuff mixed in here, I'd appreciate you returning it to me. Of course. I wish you two the best of luck. Thank you. Angela. Dwight and I would like to say that we'd be honored if you would stay on as a member of the committee. And we think you could even run it and take care of everything and we would not get in your way. Well, that is a great idea. Nice try. It's your problem now. (laughs) I 
want to say I spit out my coffee when you explained that you had minutes uh-huh. for the parties. She's documenting everything that happens at these parties. And she has an enemies list. Wow. Oh, I mean, those are scenes I would have loved to see. Toboggan scene. Yeah. I would love someone to read the minutes of a party. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, back in the car, Pam wants to turn on the radio, but Michael needs silence. Or Sam Kinison in order to prepare. One of those two. Sam Kinison, comedian that yelled. His whole stand-up routine was yelling. Yes, he needs one of those two things. But that's okay. Pam's just going to sing to herself. But then Michael asks Pam if she's nervous about seeing Karen today. He says, is that why you wore makeup today? And Pam's like, what? What? No. I loved that line. I don't know why. Oh, because it's just one of those statements that completely rattles you. And also because I have so done that. Yes. I have so zhuzhed up a little extra. And if someone points it out, then you get embarrassed. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was such good writing. So now we start that storyline that Jenna mentioned that we added to fill out the script. Stanley is going to escort in Julia, his client. And I want you to notice, they did not use the front door. No, whoever comes in this way, no one. And the reason they did that was so that they would not have to pass by the conference room because they didn't know where they were going to put this entrance. And they just didn't want it to mess up whatever Dwight and Jim might have done or not done to the conference room yet. Yes. So they strategically position the camera. So you see them coming in by that door by the file cabinet. Yeah. The only other time we've seen that door was during the fire drill. Yeah. Basically. And I have to tell you, in my mind, I have no idea where that goes. Where does that go? We don't know. We don't know. I know where the front door goes. Yeah. There's also that door by the break room. Right. Where does that go? Well, we think it goes to the parking lot because Michael and Dwight chased each other, remember? Oh, yeah. Like in Prince Family Paper. I can't the... put it together in my head. I can't. Because obviously those doors went literally nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> they went to snacks backstage is where but, they went. But yes, they enter that way so we could place this new storyline anywhere we wanted. Yes. Andy notices Julia. He is immediately smitten. Does anybody fall in love at first sight more than Andy? No, Andy is maybe so— Maybe Michael. Maybe Michael. It might be what they have in common. They fall in love instantly. Yeah. I mean, Michael fell in love with a chair model. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You're right. I'm sorry. It's definitely <laughs> Michael, yes. And Phyllis immediately is like, she's out of your league. Well, Andy doesn't care that she's out of his league. He's going to go for it. He has such a great talking head. It was, like, so well-written when he's like— I'm single now, and there's an epic showdown between the Nard Dog and Crippling Despair. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I know. Well, Jim and Dwight are also going to try and apologize to Kelly. They want to make it up to her. And she does this great passive-aggressive thing that we know she doesn't mean, where she says, you know what? All I want is for this to never happen to another person. Oh, I know. That's what I want. Oh, I know. Well, they barely got through this scene. I don't know how they have a usable take. And then they continue breaking throughout the whole rest of this script. We got to hear some of these bloopers. We just wanted to say we're very sorry. Screw you guys. You're dead to me. If you say screw you one more time. Screw you, beat farmer. Whoa. Okay, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I did the face you like. If you say screw you one more time. Screw you, beat farmer. Hey, guys. (laughs) Stop doing that. (laughs) It makes no sense. If you say screw you one more time. Screw you, Beat Farmer. Hey, guys, just cool it. 
You knew. <laughs> you knew that one was bad. <laughs> Basically, the dynamics of... <laughs> All right. Basically. Within the workplace. There's always a theme, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's what I have to say. I can tell from listening to John laugh that he's crying uh-huh. and he is bent over. Yes, he's like in full flop. Yeah, he has lost it. One of the hardest times I ever laughed was doing a scene with Mindy and Rain because when you put Mindy and Rain together, Nobody is in control. There's no—the two of them are a mess. They're the hardest people to do scenes with. They laugh the most. And when we get to this episode, I'll show you. I hope they have a blooper of it, but it reminded me of that. Well, at the end of the scene, she does say that she would like an ice cream cake. Were you burping as you said ice cream, or did you have a gurgle? No. What what just happened? I don't know. You did this. Ice cream cake. (laughs) I didn't burp. I know. Listen, listen, you already outed me for like eating off my shirt, but I don't also like belch, okay? It wasn't a burp. People are like, Jenna doesn't wash her hands. She eats off her shirt. I don't need belching as part of my reputation now. You are the one who shared about the hand washing. That was on you. I know, but I only don't wash my hands after a tinkle at home. I always wash my hands after a poop. I always wash my hands after I tinkle or poop in public. But somehow I've become the poster child for just never washing hands. And I don't want that on me, okay? That is not who I am. That's what she said. (laughs) Oh. You said I don't want that on me. I couldn't help it. All right. I think people had forgotten about your hygiene, and now you've reminded them That's all. what you think. All, That's all what was, you think, but the they way, remember everything. All I was going to say is I didn't think it was a belch. It sounded like a gurgle. You know how you get a gurgle in your throat? Yeah, sometimes maybe I needed to take a breath, but I pushed through it. Okay. I pushed through to finish my I'm sentence. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, you okay. know what? <laughs> okay, okay. All right. We're going to take a break. Yeah, I'll get plenty of breaths. You should take some water. I'm going to go wash my hands just to prove that I washed them. Okay. And then when we come back, we've got to get into this conference room. Oh, it's so good. And these balloons and streamers. We'll be back. We'll be back. Listen to this, because this sounds amazing to me. Ready? Okay. In a world that stops for no one, with life dominated by screens— there's still a place filled with endless reasons to put the phone down and pick up life. Doesn't that sound lovely? Where are we talking about? South Dakota. That's where Lee was born. Really? South Dakota. How did I not know that? I don't know. I didn't know he was born in South Dakota. Mm -hmm. He has family there. Well, South Dakota is a great place to vacation and adventure. You can get worlds away from home in the Badlands, find peace among the pines in the Black Hills, and unwind with each bend of the Missouri River. And if you're looking for love, you might find a Lee there. Oh, my gosh. Made a good fella, South Dakota did. From Sioux Falls to Deadwood, you'll find yourself getting lost in a place that brings you closer to the world around you. You can immerse yourself in the creativity of both contemporary and traditional crafts. See why there's so much South Dakota, so little time at TravelSouthDakota.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. 
Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can use Squarespace to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to time, all in one place. Well, we've told you before that we use Squarespace for our Office Ladies website, and it is so user-friendly, so easy to use. We are not tech people, and we could not be happier with our experience. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash officeladies to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Are you ready for a birthday party? I am. Is it your birthday? It is your birthday. It is your birthday. Period. Period. All right. We're in the conference room. Dwight has decorated for Kelly's birthday. It is so pitiful. It is pitiful. John is so funny when he enters the conference room. The way he holds the half-inflated balloon. Do we need to describe this room, by the way? Okay. For those of you who haven't seen the episode, I hope you watched it this week with us. Picture a conference table. It is full of half, not even half. No. There's like just maybe three breaths. (laughs) Into a balloon. That are brown. Gray. gray. Silver? I feel like a little silver is in there. Mm-hmm. Some sad, like, brown, beigey streamers. Dwight has just sort of clipped off and taped to the ceiling. With, like, beige masking tape. No, it was regular clear tape. No! Yeah. There's masking tape all over the conference room. It is hilarious to me. No, it's clear tape. No! It's not. Oh, no. This is one of my favorite things about it because have you ever had like that guy that you were friends with in college wrap a gift for you and you're like, what did you use? Electrical tape? What is this? Painter's tape? Right. You had no clear tape? Oh, Jenna. Okay. I got to bring it up. Do we have? Oh, I need a break. I have my laptop. (laughs) She got her laptop back. I I got my laptop back. Oscar Nunez is uh, long running, long running inside joke on the office. <laughs> long running inside joke now on office ladies. Oh, I can't wait to show you this shitty looking tape they use to only make it sadder. Okay, where are you? And I have a time code because you know I'm like that. This whole conference room scene with the sad balloons and the sad streamers, it starts at eight minutes thirty seconds. Oh, I love it so much. Aha! Aha! Masking tape! Oh my gosh. Not clear tape. Please look at the shitty masking tape they use to tape up everything. It is so sad looking. I am delighted at this detail that I did not notice until doing this podcast. It's one of my favorite things. I also want to point out at 8 minutes, 37 seconds, who do you see over John's shoulder? Oh, that's you, the whole accounting department. They had me come out to the copier for this scene and watch it. I'm in the background every time it pans to the bullpen. Okay. Because they sort of thought that Angela Martin would be keeping tabs. What are they doing? How are they planning this party? What Mm -hmm. are they up to? So I watch these two grown men disintegrate into tears (laughs) of laughter. I don't know how, again, we got any usable footage. They laughed so hard, Jenna, we had to pause. And this is what Rain said about it. Ready? Yes. 
In his book, The Bassoon King, this is what he wrote. The longest inappropriate laughter was during the episode lecture circuit when Dwight and Jim are put in charge of the party planning committee and Dwight hangs tiny brown and gray balloons and a banner that reads, it is your birthday. Rain goes on to say, John and I literally could not stop laughing. We laughed until we cried. Production needed to be shut down for a 20-minute break while we (laughs) gathered ourselves and then we returned to film the scene. Just the way John picks up the sad balloon (laughs) from the conference room table, I don't know how they spoke after that. I want to tell you the part I remember them laughing at is Dwight says, are you trying to hurt my feelings? And he throws the balloon, but it didn't have enough weight to travel in the air. And so the balloon with the sad streamer attached just kind of went, like in the air, like, (laughs) but he was trying to throw it at John and it just wouldn't travel. You can see, I'm going to show you right now. You can see rain starting to break (laughs) because I think he broke every time. Watch. What is that? It is your birthday period. Statement of fact. Not even an exclamation point? This is more professional. It's not like she discovered a cure for cancer. I can't believe how bad this looks. Are you trying to hurt my feelings? Because if so, you are succeeding. Fortunately, my feelings regenerate at twice the speed of a normal man's. Oh, Did you see that? The sad balloon is so good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So... Dwight is annoyed at Jim's reaction to his decorating. And so he's like, wait, have you collected the money, you know, for the cake? Yeah. And Jim is like, I've only collected $6. And Dwight's like, damn it, Jim. That's what we put in. This got me thinking. Oh, no. We are always wondering, where did we get the money for these parties? There is no way we took a collection for casino night. Well, no, but for birthday parties, there is clearly a birthday party collection budget. It's very clear that everyone is supposed to give $3, right? Okay. So I counted. There are 13 people in the office, including Ryan, who's normally in the office, But minus the birthday person, that would be 12 people who contribute for each birthday party. $3 per person is $36. The birthday party budget at Dunder Mifflin is $36. Now, I had a gurgle. See? I had a gurgle. Angela just gurgled. I don't know if you heard it. I had a gurgle. Okay. I don't know why. No, but you just didn't speak for a second because you were gurgling, so you needed air. Okay, I need to stop drinking fizzy water. This is what it's telling me. (laughs) Here's the thing. You're saying how much is the party planning committee budget? The birthday party budget is $36. Okay. I think that's true, except there have been episodes where people go to Angela for petty cash. And I think Angela's not helping these guys at all. Mm -hmm. So maybe like Phyllis, she wants to see them fail. I feel like there's some petty cash for parties, but she's not going to let them in on that. That's possible. I'm just saying. I was just following this thread, you know. Yeah. And here's where it got me. Did I take the wind out of your sails? No, I mean, take it or leave it. Birthday party budget is $36 or another theory. (laughs) Whatever you want. (laughs) I feel like I'm getting some sass. I'm not giving you any sass. I feel a little sass. I'm just saying, I think there is some extra cash. Can I give you a fan question from Preston G? Yes. Preston would like to know, who came up with the It Is Your Birthday period slogan? Oh, Preston, I want to know that too. Mindy. Mindy! I texted her. Ah! She said it was her. Genius. Genius. Genius lady. So 
so good. Perfect, too. Perfect that that's what Dwight would write. Perfect. I have a shameless plug. What for? Our merch. Oh! Because we sell the most adorable It Is Your Birthday wrapping paper and gift bags over on officeladies.com. We do. They have the sad balloons and streamers. They are so cute. And then, of course, we had to include It Is Your Wedding. And it is your baby shower. Yes, with sad balloons. If you want to have some sad wrapping paper for your baby <laughs> shower, we got you covered. Listen, if the person receiving the gift is an office fan, they will like it. They will love it. We uh, also have a nifty gifties bag. You got to have a nifty gifties. You can tell we're two ladies who like to wrap a gift. We do. Officeladies.com. Go to shop. Okay. Shameless plug. Should we head over to Utica for a second and check in? Because Pam and Michael have just arrived. They're taking a photo outside of the branch. I guess we're documenting this trip. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? I feel like Michael is a scrapbooker. Yeah. Pam's in charge of all of the bags and taking pictures. hmm When they arrive, Rolando. Rolando is back. Adam Jamal Craig. So good. Remember, he was in season four in Branch Wars. Well, he's serving up a bit of sass because he says you're late. Yeah. A lot of people pointed out that Michael introduces Pam to Rolando, even though we know from Branch Wars that she knows him. And the thing that got cut out was that Rolando and I were supposed to share like a little look. Right. But... It didn't make it. It's so played for me, though, that Michael would forget who Pam knows and doesn't know. And he just doesn't really pay attention to what other people do at his own company. Oh, totally. This is also when Michael decides to offer Pam a little trick for getting through any nerves she might be feeling about seeing Karen. Yeah. She should just picture her naked. Yeah. And then Karen enters. A very pregnant Karen. Yes. And then Michael. Oh, oh my gosh, Michael. It's He's so like, good. Is it Jim's? Yeah. And he said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to calculate in my head when's the last time you had sex with Jim. He said that out loud. He said, it was it 10 months ago? To two women that <laughs> have dated him, are dating him. Oh, so awkward. We had a fan question from Mickey S. Was Rashida Jones actually pregnant in this episode? No, that was fakey belly. Fakey belly. Well, they're going to move into the conference room. Michael's going to start his show, but first he has a phone call. Yes, he has a dramatic phone call and then explains to the group that he just learned his father died. Yeah. But then he says, I'm just kidding, but you bought it. You bought it and you can't return it, or can you? (laughs) He got their attention. What does that have to do with selling paper? (laughs) I don't know. But we had a huge fan catch from three people. Rebecca N., Evan H., and Lauren B. all noticed that when Michael takes this pretend phone call, in the background, I clocked it at 9 minutes 39 seconds, you can see Utica's industrial printer is chained with a padlock. Oh, no way. And there is a sign requesting employees to report any suspicious behavior. And this is a callback to the time that Michael and Dwight tried to steal Utica's printer back in Branch Wars. That's amazing. That is is amazing. That is is such such a a small detail. I know, and it's such a small thing. Oh, I'm delighted by that. 
Yeah. I love that. It's amazing. Well, Karen, she has to say something. Michael's being so ridiculous. And yeah. she's like, Michael, this whole sort of shenanigan at the top here just makes us think you're a liar. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hold up. Would a liar bring many mounds bars? And then you sadly throw them at everyone. <laughs> okay. Jenna, there are a lot of bloopers I, of you doing this. I know, because every time I did it, I would burst out laughing. And I had many conversations with Ken Quapis and Mindy Kaling about this. I had to sit there for a long time with these mini Mounds bars in my hands. Hiding them. Hiding them. And Mindy thought it would be especially funny if I just did it very matter-of-factly. And of course it was, and it made us laugh every time. Sometimes I wouldn't even get to the throwing part. Just me standing up, we would start laughing. I mean, the Mounds bars were getting very melty because I was holding them for so long. The way you threw them was so awkward. It was unnatural. It hit people. Yeah. It's so funny. Well, Angela, this is also not the first time that Michael has thrown candy at people. He loves to throw candy during a presentation. If you remember in business school, he threw a bunch of candy at the students in Ryan's business school class. Yes, he loves to use candy to make a point about paper sales. Well, I couldn't resist, Jenna, when I heard Minnie Mounds bars. I had to look up the origin of the Minnie Mounds bar. Oh, I'm fascinated. I love a Mounds bar. I I ate many of the Mounds bars that day, I should say. Are you Mounds bar or Almond Joy? No, 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 no. Okay. Don't throw any nuts in my dark chocolate and coconut treat. uh, uh, Can we play the jingle, please, that will live in your brain forever? (laughs) Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts. Mounds don't. Because sometimes you feel like a... Sometimes Yeah, I never feel like a nut. You never feel like a nut. No. I am also a mini Mounds bar person. I love the dark chocolate. I love it. But let's start our story, guys. How did we get the mini Mounds bar? Our story starts with Peter Paul Halogian... He was a candy manufacturer in New Haven, Connecticut in the early 20th century. He was born in Armenia, and he immigrated to the U.S. in 1890 and opened a candy shop. He would sell candy bars to the U.S. Army, and they would put them in the soldiers' monthly rations during World War I. And then they loved the candy bar so much when they came home, they wanted more. So after the success of that, he teamed with five other Armenian investors— to form the Peter Paul Candy Manufacturing Company. They then made a very smart purchase. They purchased a candy line from candy maker Vincent Natito, who created the original Mounds Bar. He was selling it for five cents. Oh, full size. Five cents? They're not very big. But a full-size bar is two. He sold one. It was always a mini. It was always a mini. Okay. And then... Peter Paul actually just starts selling it in a pack of two for 10 cents. I wish you could see Angela's hands right now. I'm two showing. Two Mounds bars. Here, you want to take minis. my pictures? Yeah. I wanted to see. show Jenna what it would look like. Too many Mounds bars. There it is. Okay. Well, Jenna, during World War II, the Peter Paul Candy Manufacturing Company was faced with a severe shortage of sugar and coconut, right? Oh. World War II, they had normally been shipped from the Philippines. Then the war broke out. So the company began sourcing coconut from the Caribbean using its own fleet of small vessels 
to transport coconut supplies to the U.S. They were nicknamed the Mounds Flea Fleet. There were about seven ships small enough to avoid detailed scrutiny by the German naval war vessels. My gosh, all of this just to get coconut for some candy. Wait, it gets better. I have to say, if you're a ship captain during World War II, are you risking your life to bring people coconut? Hold up. Okay, I guess you are. Apparently, this flea fleet, as it was called, was so— Flea, like flea, L-E-E? F-L-E-A. A little flea fleet. It's a little fleet. It's a flea fleet. Oh, a teeny tiny. It's a tiny fleet. Got it. It was so small in size, it posed no threat to the German U-boats that were patrolling the Atlantic waters. But what the German naval commanders did not know was that the crew of these vessels were also gathering more than coconuts. They were gathering valuable intelligence about the Germans' fleet movements and sharing it with the American armed forces. Wait one moment. What you're telling me Mm -hmm. is that while collecting supplies to make one of my favorite candies— yeah. These folks were also providing important war intelligence to the United States government during World War II. Yeah, the Minnie Mounds Bar. I'm telling you, I was fascinated by all of this. And they also dropped all of their other production of candies and just concentrated on the Mounds Bar because it was so popular. And the U.S. military purchased as much as 80% of their output by 1944. They would package 5 million candy bars monthly into combat rations. Wow. Yeah. And now, as we know, over the years, Peter Paul, they added several more things to their line, including the Almond Joy, which they're often, you know, sold together. But that's the story of the Minnie Mounds Bar. They're now owned by the Hershey Company. You can still enjoy them today. Isn't that an amazing story? I would like to enjoy one today. So would I. The Mounds Flea Fleet. Wow. You guys, you can learn more about it at ConnecticutHistory.org. Fascinating. I, I have to say, I also love that it's an East Coast candy because it tracks with our show. It that does. That Michael would be supporting something that originated in Connecticut. Wow. There you go. I mean, it was the so things you did not that know you were going to learn today were that. I know. I, I definitely was not expecting that. Amazing. This is another example of our offshoot podcast, Two Ladies Who Google. <laughs> yes. Two ladies who love to Google. And tell you things. Mm -hmm. We're fun at a dinner party, guys. We actually are. We actually are. All right. Michael has a talking head that is so good I texted it to Steve. (laughs) I don't know how he did it. He explains he always wanted to become an actor, and he even has his own memorization techniques. Mm -hmm. He explains that the way he learned the Pledge of Allegiance is... By singing it to the tune of Old MacDonald. Mm-hmm. Steve then, as Michael, sings the Pledge of Allegiance to the tune of Old MacDonald, and I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he did it. I texted to him, and I said, this is an amazing performance. This is so badass. I mean— I know. When he, he does take a long pause. This was in the script, by the way. This I was pledge totally... allegiance to the flag of the United States, States of America— and to the, the republic, republic for which it stands, one, one nation, nation under God, with a woof, woof, woof here and a woof, woof there. <laughs> I mean, that is not easy to do. Well, it is true, you guys. You put something to a song and you'll learn it. It's called a mnemonic device, and that's a real thing. It's a real thing. Michael says he uses it to learn people's names. Mm-hmm. So what has he got here? He looks around the room. He's got Shirty, 
Mm-hmm. Mole, lazy eye, Mexico, baldy, sugar boobs, black woman. He said, I take a unique part of you, and I use that to memorize your name. Baldy, your head is bald. It is hairless. It is shiny. It is a reflective like a mirror. M, your name is Mark. And he says, yes. Yes. And Karen said, you know what? This is all really offensive. Guest star alert, Mark, a.k.a. Baldy, was played by Brian Patrick Mulligan. He has an extensive career playing famous historical figures. Like who? Al Capone. Oh. Alfred Hitchcock. Teddy Roosevelt. He has played Ben Franklin in three different TV shows, including on Jimmy Kimmel Live. He just played W.C. Fields in a movie. But his most frequently played person is former Vice President Dick Cheney. Wow. He has played Dick Cheney in six episodes of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and ten times on Jimmy Kimmel. Those guys love bringing Dick Cheney on. I guess so. They love bringing Brian Patrick Mulligan on as Dick Cheney. I also want you to know that Mole Mm -hmm. did not have a real mole. Mm, Fakey mole. Fakey mole. I know this because I saw the call sheet, and he had to come in 15 minutes earlier than everyone else to get that mole put on. There you go. Yeah. So listen, back at Dunder Mifflin, I think we need to check in on Andy. Yeah, he's fallen in love. He has. And he needs an in, Mm -hmm. right? Before he goes and introduces himself to Julia, he's going to go down and he's going to spy on her car to see if he can learn anything about her. Gotta get intel. So he's peering in her car, and he sees that she has a Feist CD. Oh, this is jackpot for him. Jackpot. Then he sets off the car alarm. Not And then great. another car alarm. Yes. <laughs> well, lady, do you remember this Feist song that he's going to sing later? I do. Huge. It's called One, Two, Three, Four. So it was written by Leslie Feist, who went professionally as Feist. She's a Canadian pop singer. It came out in 2007. Anyway, I thought we should play the song. For everybody. Okay. Here is Feist, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Tell me that you love me more. Sleepless, long nights, as when my youth was for. good. So, like, peppy. The song was nominated for two Grammy Awards, and Feist was nominated for Best New Artist and Best Pop Vocal Album. It was so huge, she did a spin on it for Sesame Street. Okay, I didn't want to say anything, but this is where I remember it. (laughs) This was your Feist moment. This was my Feist moment. I mean, I actually feel like I heard it here first on Sesame Street, and then I was like, oh, that's what people are talking about. Because Isabel loved Sesame Street. Well, I pulled a clip of it on Sesame Street. Oh, it's going to bring back all the feels for me. I remember, oh, we watched this over and over. We're going to learn to count, you guys, to the number four. One, two, three, four, monsters walking across the floor. I love counting, counting to the number four. Oh, you're counting, counting with me to one. Okay, why am I crying? Oh my gosh. 
Because our Why? kids were little and they love Sesame Street and they're older now. I didn't even have now. a kid then. I didn't even have a uh, kid then. But just, I could hear the monsters start to sing. I and I just could, I, there, there they all are. And uh, I don't know. I know. You're right. We don't watch Sesame Street anymore. So maybe it just, I don't know. I know. <sighs> Listen, I found a video where I, Isabel was little and I was doing Elmo and I was doing, I was like, I was going, la, 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 Elmo's World. Oh, yes. We sang that song all the time. I know. Yeah. Aww. Let's have a baby. No, I'm kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. My daughter's been asking for a baby. Oh, my gosh. A little sister. Listen, whenever I want to make I my— I didn't know how to explain perimenopause to her. <laughs> but I was like, Mama doesn't make any eggs anymore, Mama, baby. Mama, mm, let me—let's talk about cobwebs. <laughs> I want to describe to you what a cobweb situation is. Well, Andy is going to interrupt Stanley's meeting. He's going to bring them both some coffees. Mm-hmm. He's put one, two, three, four Splendas in Stanley's coffee. Yeah, he's like, one, two, three, four Splendas in your coffee, Stanley. <laughs> None in yours, Julia, because I don't know how you take it. <laughs> I thought Julia was absolutely perfect. Oh, I did too. Guest star alert, Julia was played by Erica Tazel. I totally recognized her from the show Justified. She played Rachel Brooks. Erica is a classically trained actress. She graduated with an MFA from the NYU acting program. Her professional acting debut was at the New York Shakespeare Festival. And since we've been tracking these things, I'll have you know she was not on Monk, but she has been on both Law & Order and Law & Order Special Victims Unit. I loved all of her reactions to Andy. They were so perfect. And this whole thing has just completely ticked off Stanley. He's like, what are you doing? He pulls Andy aside. And Andy says he loves Julia with all his heart. Yeah. All his heart. Stanley is like, if you really love her, fine. Give me two of your clients. You can have this client. Yeah. So Andy takes over the meeting in a very awkward way. Mm -hmm. He wonders, where should we send your invoices to your boyfriend right because we certainly could and she's so matter-of-factly is like no you can send it to my work address this is for work yeah but andy does find out she does not have a boyfriend and then he kind of panics he's so excited and then he gets advice from creed why creed i don't know but why would you go to creed for advice creed's like say no more just go in for a kiss. That's how I got squeaky from. Yeah. I didn't know who that was. I had to Google it. Oh, you didn't know who it was? No. Yeah. Now I do. Yeah. Well. Charles Manson. She was part of the Manson family. Right. Yeah. She went to jail. She tried to assassinate Gerald Ford. Right. President Ford. Right. Mm-hmm. She was not part of the Tate-LaBianca murders, but no. she did try to assassinate Gerald Ford. So I guess Creed kissed her. And he says, have I ever steered you wrong, Jim? Yeah, just go in and kiss her. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Then just, you know, mm-hmm. that's what you should do. When he called Andy Jim, if you're Andy, wouldn't you think, hmm, there's many reasons to red flags. There's so many red flags. So many red flags. Well, for whatever reason, Andy is going to take Creed's advice. He's going to walk Julia to the car. He forgot his coat. Could he run back in and get it real quick? Because he's very, very cold. Julia says, my car's right here. I think. 
thanks for walking me down, but I'm good. And then when he gets her to the car, he goes in for a kiss. Andy, yeah. come on. This woman has had to put up with so much in this meeting. And now this. Also, like, she could write him up. I know. He could lose his job, Andy. Don't yeah. listen to Creed, Andy. They do lose the account. Yeah. He has a talking head. So he kind of lost in every way today. He lost three accounts. He lost two that he gave to Stanley. Oh, yeah. One that Stanley gave to him. And he kind of showed his ass. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Well, speaking of showing your ass, Karen has asked Michael to leave the conference room and come to her office. It's like getting called to the principal's office. And he is trying very hard to explain that he had a whole bit with a chainsaw that he hasn't been able to do. Mm -hmm. And Karen's like, you know what? Why don't you just put it all in an email and I'll send it to my team. And he's like, I can't put a chainsaw in an email, Karen. I can't do it. This is when Pam and Karen are going to have a little bonding moment. Yeah. It's so sweet. Pam says, when are you due? And Karen says, I'm due in a month. Yeah. Michael says, who did this to you? (laughs) Who did this to you, Karen? And she's like, my husband. He's a dermatologist. We met at a bar. And then they have all these cute photos. (laughs) They have one where they're like dressed like hot dogs. Yes, a hot dog and a hamburger. It's very cute. We had a lot of fan questions about this. Everyone wants to know, who is the man in the photo? Who is Dan, the dermatologist, who is married to Karen? Well, it was played by writer Dan Gore. Yeah. He was a writer on Parks and Recreation. Yes, and he had been working with Mike Schur and Greg Daniels as they developed that show. And we had seen him a few times on set and in the writer's room meeting with those guys. And he came to set one day. When we were shooting on the stages, and he and Rashida dressed up in all these different outfits, and they (laughs) went around and took pictures. (laughs) It was amazing. It was amazing. Well, you know, now, Karen is going to ask about Jim. Yes. It's a little bit of tension, but Pam says we're engaged. And Karen is just earnestly happy for them. Yeah. Rashida really sold it. Mm Because I think as an audience, you're like, oh, what's the... And she's like... She has so moved on. She has a whole life. She's happy. And it gives Pam closure. Yeah. I don't know about you, Ange, but I am happy if someone I have broken up with finds, like, a new relationship with someone else and they're in love because I'm like, yeah, that's why we broke up because we weren't a match, and then you found your match. I don't have a lot of hard feelings about stuff. And I've had some messy breakups, you know? And even still, I don't know. I just, I think I am more Karen on this one. I'm like, well, great. I'm glad that worked out because, you know, good. Mm -hmm. It wasn't meant to be for me and Jim, but it's for you and Jim. Right. No, I think life is short. My grandmother used to always say every pot has its lid. Mm Mm-hmm. And I want everyone to find their lid. Yeah. I wasn't your lid. I fell in the water. Or I was too big. I was too big for your pot. Yeah. Or too small for your pot. I didn't fit your pot. Let's break it down some more. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm trying to see if there's a that's what she said in there. (laughs) But I can't find it. My lid fit your pot perfect? Mm. Mm. No. I think it would be your pot fit my lid just right. That's what she said. I don't think either of them are real strong. That's what she said. 
We should let it go. No, let's stick no, with let's it. No, let's try it. Let's, let's try a few going. more. Let's try a few more. <laughs> we'll find it. We'll find it. Everyone, if you find it, will you email us? <laughs> oh, no. What are you asking for? I don't know. All right. Some interesting mail to read. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, I don't know where we are. We've hopped around. Well, I'll tell you. Okay. Michael and Pam are going to leave the Utica branch. All right. Michael gives his lecture a B plus. He says Karen is mean. Aw. Pam says I like her. And then Pam says she's glad she came along and that seeing Karen gave her closure. Well, that's going to come back because as they're driving away, Michael tells Pam, you know what? I never got closure with Holly. She was the love of my life, and I never got closure. So Pam says, I think we should blow off this lecture in Rochester and go to Nashua instead. Michael says, let's do it. Pam is like, yes, yeah, screw him. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Michael just got, what do the kids call it? A ride or die. He's like, yeah. Yeah. And then we have to be continued. Yeah. Screen goes to black. Mm-hmm. You think it's over. But there's a tag. There's a tag. Jim is asking Creed for $3 for Kelly's party. Creed says, great, I'd like to contribute. And then he hands him a $3 bill. Mm-hmm. I had to know whose face was on that $3 bill. Okay. Because, you know, Phil Shea had to mm-hmm. make that. Yeah. I paused. I looked at it. You know who I thought it was? Who? Brad Pitt. No. It looked like Brad Pitt to me. Come and I on. thought maybe it was a nod to BJ because he was doing the movie with Brad Pitt. Oh. I don't know. I remember we talked a lot about Brad Pitt when BJ was making that movie. We all thought we might become friends with him. We were positive. We were like, BJ, bring him to set. Maybe he'd like to come have lunch. Yeah. We'll be totally cool, BJ. We will be normal. Exactly. Remember, he, we he went never through, brought him to work. I know. We went through that with John and George Clooney, too. We were like, John, we're going to be so normal around George. We're not going to bring up, you know, his place in Lake Como and that we want to go. We've we read about say it. That. We won't we say won't. that we read about it in People Magazine. We won't say any, any of those of that. things. None of those things. <sighs> well, it turns out Randy Cordray told me who's on the $3 bill. Who? George W. Bush. What? I don't know. That's who Phil picked. He said Phil made it, and that's who he put on it. You thought George W. Bush was Brad Pitt? I guess I did. It's time for new glasses. <laughs> Get Nana some glasses. You guys, that's Lecture Circuit Part 1. Yep. We'll be back next week with Lecture Circuit Part 2 and a lot of stories about licking cats. <laughs> you said that so Midwest. And a lot of stories about licking cats. Yeah. Sometimes your Missouri really comes out and I live for it. Oh, here, I'll give you some Missouri. One, two, three, far. Far! (laughs) (laughs) We're counting to far. We're counting to far. Oh, 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 we're counting counting to far. far. There you go. See you guys next week. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Office Ladies. Office Ladies is produced by Earwolf, Jenna Fisher, and Angela Kinsey. Our show is executive produced by Cody Fisher. Our producer is Cassie Jerkins. Our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer. And our associate producer is Ainsley Bubico. Our theme song is Rubber Tree by Creed Bratton. 
For ad-free versions of Office Ladies, go to stitcherpremium.com. For a free one-month trial of Stitcher Premium, use code OFFICE. deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Love starts with you. You heard me. Show off your personal style with new Pandora jewelry pieces that set a shining example for the world to see. From big feelings to small messages, beautiful hand-finished jewelry from Pandora radiates with your love from every angle. Pandora has a huge selection of rings, bracelets, earrings, necklaces, and charms. There are endless ways to show what's in your heart. Shop now at Pandora.net. Pandora. Be love.